Hello, and thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Bite Size Cybercrime, the podcast where we discuss all things cybersecurity, malware, vulnerabilities, data breaches, anything. This week is going to be a history episode, and we will be discussing a family of software bugs that allowed people to execute commands on Linux and Unix-based machines that they weren't supposed to be able to. This bug resulted in millions of attacks on machines, some compromises, and even more attacks due to those compromises. This is Shellshock, also known as Bash Door. Shellshock is a bug affecting Bash, also known as the Born Again Shell. This is a program and language that Linux and Unix-based machines use to execute commands. It's typically the default command line interface and has been around since 1989. However, Shellshock is not nearly that old. It was first discovered September 12, 2014. Unlike most vulnerabilities I discuss on this podcast, Shellshock was more or less a series of multiple similar and approximately equally bad vulnerabilities. It seemed like as soon as one was patched, another popped up. David A. Wheeler, an open source contributor working on patching systems, described it as a whack-a-mole job of fixing errors. The bug that started it all was CVE 2014-6271. This vulnerability basically allowed you to create an environment variable containing a function that needed to be exported, followed by arbitrary commands. When the function is imported, the commands would be run. This allowed pretty much any command to be run on machines, even if you weren't supposed to be able to run them. Which, of course, can allow a hacker to compromise machines, steal data, and perform other types of attacks. The other vulnerabilities were similar and also allowed arbitrary code execution, but functioned in slightly different ways. Most of them still even used environment variables to exploit the running of arbitrary commands, but some used different types of errors like an out-of-bounds memory access error in the bash parser code. One of the big issues with Shellshock is that Linux and Unix machines with bash as the default shell are very common. A lot more than you'd probably think. Although most home users, like yourself, use Windows desktops, Linux also exists on desktops, but servers are typically powered by Linux. 96% of web servers are running on Linux, and it's also common on mainframe computers, which are used by large organizations for things like bulk data processing or transaction processing on a large scale. Mainframes are larger than your typical computer, but it's not exactly supercomputer levels of powerful. However, speaking of supercomputers, Linux is also run on some of the most powerful supercomputers in the world. And even if you never really touch a web server or a mainframe or a supercomputer, Linux is also likely running on your router, on your smart TV, and Android is even a Linux distribution itself. Bash isn't on all the things I just listed, some people may prefer using different shells, but this left a considerable amount of machines vulnerable to attack that were exposed to the open internet, especially web servers. Within an hour of Shellshock being announced, machines were already compromised. Most of the compromised machines would join botnets, which are networks of computers that are able to be controlled by a hacker through a command and control server. Botnets are primarily used to perform distributed denial-of-service attacks or DDoS attacks, which can slow down or disrupt systems by flooding them with so many requests that the system that's being attacked simply can't keep up and stops responding to all, including legitimate requests. Security firm Encapsula noted on September 26, 2014, there were 17,400 attacks on over 1,800 websites, 
And by September 30th, Cloudflare reported approximately 1.5 million attacks per day related to shell shock. These were likely to distributed denial-of-service attacks, as Cloudflare is known for their DDoS mitigation. However, Shellshock wasn't only exploited for DDoS attacks. One botnet called WAPBot scanned the internet for vulnerable systems to infect. In this way, it was given worm capabilities. A worm is a type of malware that is able to spread across networks and replicate itself to infect other computers. Worms can be very destructive, especially when combined with a vulnerability as severe as Shellshock. Although the bot had performed DDoS attacks, it had also performed a scan on the U.S. Department of Defense IP range, likely trying to find a way in and potentially either take down the network or steal confidential information from the U.S. government. Yahoo servers were also reportedly compromised using an attack that leveraged Shellshock, with Romanian hackers exploring the network. Yahoo later confirmed the compromise. The true impact of Shellshock is very difficult to measure. It was everywhere, and it gave attackers complete control of the system, so it's very difficult to say how much damage it caused. Shellshock started to be patched on September 24th, 2014. A version of Bash 4.3 addressed the first vulnerability, and then another version was also released to address CVE 2014-7169. And then CVE 2014-7186 was discovered, and also had to be patched the next day on September 25th. The difficult thing about patching Shellshock, though, is that the patches provided source code only. It's not like when Windows says, hey, there's a new update available, would you like to update? People had to compile or basically rebuild a new binary executable file from the patch file, and not everyone knew how to do this. Some distributions of Linux, like Red Hat Enterprise, or Fedora, or Ubuntu, did have official updates that address this. However, there's a lot of distributions of Linux, more than I'm even aware of, and some of the less common ones may not have easy methods of patching it, so compiling still might be necessary. An organization may have thousands of Linux systems they need to patch. There may even be many different distributions of Linux within one environment, and on top of that, you need to determine what within a given system is utilizing Bash, as well as what is exposed to the open internet so that can be fixed first. And from there, what is the easiest to access that's not directly exposed to the internet if someone were to somehow get into the network. When you consider all the moving parts that happened in an organization, Shellshock was a nightmare for many, many administrators. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Bite Size Cybercrime, and I'd also like to give a thanks to ZD, NetWired, IT News, CSO Online, and the New York Times for reporting on the Shellshock incident, including some attacks. And until next time, patch your servers and stay secure.